Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you desire to speak to me every day, guiding me in spirit and in truth to obey your word and enjoy an abundant life. I thank you that you have called me your friend, and that I may come boldly to the throne of grace to find help whenever I have a need in my life. Lord, your word says that when we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. So I draw near to you today. I seek your face, your truth, and your word for my life. I want to know you more, hear you more, and obey you more. Your word says your sheep know your voice, and we will not follow the voice of a stranger. Help me to know your voice and not be deceived by any other voice. Help me to guard my heart from the influences of this world and the people around me. Help me not to be deceived by the devil and his lies, but to view all thoughts and decisions through the lens of your righteousness. As I seek to hear you today for instruction, correction, and guidance, help me to confirm your voice through your word. You said if I ask for wisdom, you will give it to me liberally. So I am asking for wisdom in the name of Jesus to hear you clearly and consistently today and every day. Help me, Lord, to feel confident in knowing that I hear your voice. I praise you and I thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Welcome back to True Patriot Ministries. I'm Chris Halgrimson, and I thank you for being here today. Be sure to check us out on the web at truepatriotministries.org. You can contact us via email at reachout, R-E-A-C-H-O-U-T, at truepatriotministries.org. And you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. So look forward to hearing from you. Please don't be shy. If you like what you're hearing, uh, let us know. We we do enjoy the feedback. Uh, The website has got several pages to it, not just the podcast page. So be sure to check that out. Dig into it a little bit. There are quite a few resources available. There is a page for giving if you feel led to to give. And there's a quick link to reach us via Messenger at the bottom of each page. Today, we're going to continue on with our Becoming series, and we are in episode number two, and we're going to talk about repentance from dead works. So our text for this series starts out in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through 14, and then chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of the laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. So let's dig into repentance of dead works. 
Now, Jesus didn't call us to acceptance and to love everyone unconditionally. He didn't call us to tolerate or to put up with or to join in with worldly ways. Jesus called us to repent, which in the Greek means to change our mind, to make a decision to change, to turn around from the direction we are headed. It's a mental decision. It's not to be confused with the emotional feelings of regret. It's two different words. Now, as Christians, when we come to Christ, we need to understand that it's not about acceptance and tolerance and unconditional love. Just put that aside along with any other preconceived ideas of what coming to Christ looks like. And, and we all have preconceived ideas. Don't worry about that part. You know, it's part of, of growing up in the Lord. Um, we weren't born yesterday, so there are some things that have been built into us through the years that may or may not be true. So let's keep it about getting planted and rooted in Christ and in growing up in Him and becoming full sons and daughters. Let's set that as your vision. The goal of this series, because you have a vision, so you want a goal. goal. Goals are just small steps to completing your vision. So the goal of this series will be to understand what the elementary principles of Christ are so that you can build a strong foundation. Now, let's take a look at some things where the word repent um, in the English, not the Greek, can be confusing because in the English, it looks like they're using the same word and yet they're not. Because if you go back to the Greek it shows you that it's a different word and it has a different meaning. Okay, so let's look at 2 Corinthians 7, verse 8. It says, For though I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it, though I did regret it. For I see that the letter caused you sorrow, though only for a while. Now, in the King James, it doesn't say regret. So, in the King James, it'll read, I do not repent, though I did repent. And that just shows where you can get some of these words mixed up. And so it is good to look across different versions. It's good to have a Strong's Concordance where you can look up the original Greek or Hebrew and evaluate it to make sure that you're getting the best understanding of it that is possible. So in this one, when they used in the King James the word repent, they actually meant regret, which in the Greek, it, like I said, it's a different word, and it talks about it being emotional. I believe they use it for Judas Iscariot when he betrayed Jesus, and he regretted, or he repented, it's, it's what the Bible says, he repented, and then he went out and he hung himself. Well, it wasn't the same word as what we're going to, to study here today. It's not the same word as repentance from dead works. That one is an emotional, I regret what I did. I feel guilty. Emotions are overwhelming me uh, type feeling. Now, in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 21, and this is in the King James, it says, For those priests were made without an oath, 
but this, referring to Jesus, with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swear and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now here we see the word repent again. And what we're looking at here is it's saying the Lord will swear. The Lord swears and will not repent, meaning he will not change his mind. He won't turn around from this decision that Jesus is a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Excuse me, Melchizedek. Uh, meaning he is the high priest. And in Matthew chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, it says, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for the baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Now this was John the Baptist, and he was talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And what he's saying here is, you know, bear fruit with the changing of your mind. So you've changed your mind, you're coming down, you want to get baptized because you you believe that's what you need to do. Uh, But your fruit, the fruit that you bear down the road should witness to your repentance, your change of heart, changing it for the Lord. Now, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 13, also King James, it says, But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And again, he's not calling the righteous to change their mind. He's calling the sinners to change their mind. Okay, so we're talking, this is a mental decision. There's no faith involved in this at this point. Um, Mark 2, verse 17, it says, When Jesus heard it, he said unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, that just confirms what he said in Matthew. He's not calling the healthy to make a decision and turn around. He's calling the sick, the sinner, to make a decision and turn around and come back to God. So when we start talking about dead works, we naturally want to know what it is. Now, John Wesley, he calls it open sins. And the commentary critical and explanatory on the whole Bible says, and I quote, not springing from the vital principle of faith and love toward God, and so counted, like their doer, dead before God. And so, uh, in layman's terms, what what they're saying here is it, it doesn't come from... Dead works is anything that doesn't come from faith and love toward God. Okay, so it's it's a worldly thing. Um, and like their performer, the person who's performing these dead works, they are dead before God. Uh, it's, it's important to know that anytime you let a work get between you and God, or something is in your life between you and God, 
And in this case, these people were sinners. So sin was between they and God. They hadn't made the decision yet to turn, to repent, and and become born again. And so that sin was between they and God in such a way that God could not do anything with them or for them. Okay? And so before God, they were as if they were dead. He couldn't do anything. Now, in James 4.4, it says, Adulterers. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enemy, enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Now he's he's here. We're we're playing into the reason why you you need to repent, and why you know coming to Jesus that is an act of repentance. It's an act of changing your mind from the worldly way or chasing after worldly things to chasing after the things of Jesus. Now, God is good. I mean, we only have to look down here. Let's go down to Romans chapter 5, and let's look at this and just show you what I'm talking about. And I'm going to show, I'm going to do verses 6, 8, and 10. Now, you can go into to Romans chapter 5 and read all of them. But these three pertain right in a row directly to what I'm speaking of here. And it says, for while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. That was you and I before we became saved. Verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Again, before we accepted Jesus, you and I, he did this before we, we accepted him. And in verse 10, it says, for while for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Glory to God, that's good. And he's saying here, look, if God was so good to us while we were his enemies, that he sacrificed his only son, that we might be saved, what more will he do for us? Once we are saved and no longer enemies. And that's what he's trying to get across here. Um, Salvation is so much more than just uh, getting baptized and receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's if, if you take some time, get into the concordance, look up the word soteria. uh, That's the word for salvation. And it is so much more than just being saved. Don't sell yourself short. Know what you're entitled to in the Word of God. Salvation brings you more than just, hey, I'm saved, I got a one-way ticket to heaven, and I'm good. That's that's just that's just like the tip of a needle. It's not even a fraction of what you've got coming to you. And so you want to be sure that you understand these things. So... We see here the scripture that repentance from dead works, uh, repentance meaning turning away from, doing an about face, making that mental decision to change the way you are, changing the direction your life is going, and, and dead works being anything that separates you from God. So we're, we're looking at the sin nature, sin nature of man. When Adam fell, that we received under the law of sin and death. So it wasn't necessarily our doing in the beginning. It all started when Adam fell in the garden. 
anybody born after that time, this is what you get. Is this in nature, this this uh, being under law of sin and death. And until we receive Jesus, we're walking around in this world under the curse. So this answers the question, how does a person become born again, a born-again believer if they don't have faith in the first place? Which most of us, before we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we had no idea, no concept of what faith is. Oh, I have faith in Joe because he's always, you know, uh, on time and he does what he says he's going to do and blah, 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 blah. That's our idea of faith. You know, I have faith in this person or faith in that person. I have faith in my dog. That is not what faith is. And and that's why, you know, coming into this, we we have no idea. And so we ha- it has to be a mental decision. So you'll see as we go through this series that when you make the mental decision and you come back to God, receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, uh, you're given the Holy Spirit. You're given the God kind of love. That comes with the Holy Spirit when he comes to indwell you. And Jesus said he was going to send us the Comforter. So when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we receive the Holy Spirit. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive love. And that is agape love, the God kind of love. Okay? Not only that, but we also receive the measure of faith. The faith of God or the God kind of faith, however you want to say it. Those are things that we receive. Now, there's a a lot more that you receive And as you grow, you will start receiving more and more and more because you need to understand that it's something that you need to reach up and grab hold of and pull into you and receive it, okay? But this is a good group for you to understand right now. Now, I want to take a few minutes here and talk about some of the lies that the devil tries to sell to believers. And it's important to understand this because this hopefully will show you the difference between darkness and light, okay? Um, And it's important to understand that what the devil through the world says about Jesus, uh, preaching, especially this, preaching acceptance and tolerance, that's a lie. He did not call us to accept or to tolerate what the devil through the world does. Get that down in you. He did not call us to that. Now, instead, he called us to infiltrate, for lack of better words, or to go in like a physician to a sickly person and to offer assistance to that person in the way of Jesus Christ. Now, it is up to that person if they choose Jesus or if they choose the devil. That's not our decision. Our work is to go in like the physician to the patient and show them their options and, and, you know, let them choose. So Jesus desires for us to be on fire for him. The way, unfortunately, the way you see so many people be on fire for a sports team, (laughs) 
or their favorite holiday or their favorite reality TV show. We, we see these people. We know them. All you have to do is jump on social media and they're all over the place. Okay. And, and they, glory to God, they just don't know. They have been duped and they don't know it. So none of these are going to get you into heaven. None of these things are going to grow you in, in the Lord or better your fellowship with God, uh, which is our vision, remember, to become full sons and daughters. That's our vision. Now, these things actually, so reality TV, favorite sports team, favorite holiday, whatever, favorite whatever, these things actually become idols to so many Christians, and it is sinful. God doesn't want you to have idols, okay? Um, now, I'm not saying that as Christians we can't enjoy sports or holidays or TV. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that we can't allow them to get between us and God. Because when they do, they become a God to us. And if they become a God to us, God says, to have no other gods before me. I'm a jealous God. I am the one, the only. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. Okay? And, and so we want to be cautious of that. So that's why it's very important. You don't, it, if it's that way right now in your life, hey, repent. Just make a decision. Change your mind. Change the way you do it. Put God first. That's all he wants. He, I mean, and that, that's everything to him is put him first because you do that out of the love in your heart for him. So if you do a word search, for the word acceptance in the Bible. Now, I use the Takarta app. I really like that app because I've got a couple of Bibles on there that have the Strong's Concordance built into it. And it helps me because if I see a word and it's underlined and I don't quite comprehend what that verse is saying, I can click the word and find out uh, a few more words for that word that, that might actually click with me and, and help me to understand it, if you know what I mean. But that's what I like to use is Takarta. So if, for me, I did a search on Takarta app today for the word acceptance. And I found four instances of the word. One in the Old Testament and three in the New. Okay, just four, four of them for the word acceptance. Um, and honestly, none of them speak to acceptance of other people or their beliefs or their morals or their values. And, and so I'll leave it at that. Okay. Cause there's, there's a lot of people out there right now who are screaming, Hey, you need to accept me the way I am. Hey, you need to, ex and what they mean is you need to accept my beliefs and pat me on the back because I'm this or I'm that, and it's actually a sin according to God, but they want you to accept it. Don't accept other people's sins. Don't. Don't let it get on you. Okay? You're not to, he doesn't want you to accept it. Now, you can pray over those people, and, and, uh, yeah. Prayer, prayer for them is the best. Because what do you want? You want them to come to Christ too. Not because you're mean and vindictive and you hate homosexuality or you hate adultery or you hate lying or you hate drinking or whatever it is that you're looking at that 
You know, but no, because they have replaced God with an addiction to something else. And they need to know God. That's all they need. All they need is God. And God will grow them and help them to break those addictions off of their lives. So, and none of that was in my notes. Sorry, that just came up. But so let's move on. So if you do a search for the word tolerance, which I did again with the Takarta app, what you're going to come up with is three different verses in the New Testament. Now, one of those is going to apply to the word of God. The other two apply to born again believers. Okay, now we're talking, this is tolerance. So, so far we've hit acceptance and now we're hitting tolerance and we're not getting any traction with what the world is saying they mean or that Jesus preached them. Okay, so in, let's see, the first, the first instance of tolerance was in a letter to the church in Ephesus, which is full of born-again believers. So this letter was written to born-again believers. So it was written to brethren, and it speaks of tolerance. Now, the second in 2 Timothy, and when I say it speaks to tolerance, it, it means tolerance between born-again believers, not between believers in the world, okay? Specifically between born-again believers. Okay. Now, in the second... It's in 2 Timothy, which is a letter that is written to Timothy specifically, who, again, is a believer. Now, this was, uh, so Timothy, Paul was his father in the faith, so to speak. Okay, he grew up under Paul, and now he's, he's out there and he's uh, leading a church. And so it was written specifically to him. So none of these verses, uh, again, are written in the context to worldly people, that is, those anybody who is not born again believers, and and so we have to make sure we're keeping it in context to who they are speaking to. You know, otherwise you can make the word of God say anything you want it to say. I can take a pair of scissors and clip here, clip there, and and totally take it out of context and tell people that they're wrong when they're not, or tell them they're right when they're not. You know, I can literally make it say whatever I want it to say. Well, we don't want to do that. We want our foundation to be based on the Word of God, and we want it to be rock solid. You don't want to build a house on the sand and have a storm come through and the house goes down. Okay? And the Lord says, those who build alone build in vain. He doesn't want you to build in vain. He wants you to build on the foundation that Jesus Christ gave us. And so let's do that. Let's build with God so we're not building in vain. So now in uh, repentance from dead works is one of the elementary principles of Christ. And it simply means that we are making the mental decision to go after Jesus instead of the world. Jesus isn't the end of the journey. He's the beginning. And that is pretty cool. That means there's a lot of great things coming in our lives as believers. And I'm going to take a moment here to say, if you're not part of a a biblically-based church, 
And by that, I mean, if you're not part of a church that opens the Word of God and actually uses the Word of God, then I would recommend that you find one that does. You always want to judge what is being taught to you according to the Word of God. And that simply means, and my pastor taught me this a long time ago, if he tells me something, and he doesn't give me Scripture to go by, well, even if he gives me Scripture, I need to be in the Word of God and verifying that what he told me is the truth, that he's not misleading me. Whether that misleading is through ignorance or intention does not matter, because If you get a falsehood down inside you and you latch onto it, then that's what you're going to teach others is a falsehood. And you don't want to do that. So make sure that you're verifying. So I'm giving you verses here. Now, I'll post the notes to uh, truepatriotministries.org slash blog. You can go there and you can find the notes for this podcast. So if you didn't get the scriptures written down, go there, find them. Don't just read, you know, because I copy and paste, okay? I go to the Takarta app, and I copy, and I paste it over into my notes, and then post it on the blog site. But open your own Bible and read it alongside what you're reading on the notes, okay? Even with your your pastor or your church, you want to make sure that you're getting fed via the Word, because when you walk away from that church building— for the day, that assembly of people, you need to know where those things are so that you can go back and meditate them and get them down inside you so that you are indeed growing, that you're not just showing up on Sunday, hearing a good message and going home for the rest of the week. You don't want to do that. You want to be able to take this home and build yourself. Okay. It's vital. You don't want to just skip this part. Please never be just a Sunday churchgoer. God's got so much more for you than that. Get rooted and planted in a good church based on the Word of God. And you you want, and that's the other reason. Men can get prideful. They can start, pastors are no different. Nobody is exempt from what I'm about to talk about which is the temptation to let it become all about me. <laughs> Look at me. I'm so good. I'm up here. I'm preaching to you. And, and uh, yeah, I, I can't be touched. Just put me on a pedestal, you know, put a trophy on my shelf, whatever it is. And that's malarkey. That is not what you want. If, yeah, you, don't let a man come between you and God. Jesus is the high priest for the rest of time. He is the only one between us and God. There is no other that is required to be between us and God than Jesus. And so if you run into a pastor or a preacher or a minister or a teacher or prophet, whatever, who is elevating himself to a position between you and and God, then I do recommend you just find somebody who's not that way, who's going to actually teach you the Word of God, who's actually going to use the Word of God and and help grow you, okay? uh, Feel-good messages are great. That's a great Sunday afternoon movie. It's not your Sunday morning message, 
Okay. The word of God is your Sunday morning message. There should be a great praise and worship. There should be a moving of the Holy Spirit. There should be an anointing on that pastor to preach and teach to you. And you should feel it. When you leave church, you should know, glory to God, that you received from God. And he will use that worship. He'll use that praise. He'll use that pastor, preacher, teacher, minister, whatever they are. That anointing. He'll use it to get it in your heart. And you should know it without a doubt when you leave. If you don't, go back over it. Maybe you just were not focused. If you were focused, maybe it's it's something else. You know, just, just don't accept, don't accept a message without the word of God attached to it. That it doesn't help you. Now, um, here, I'll tell you what, let me go into, I've got, this is the last verses I have written down. And that's uh, in John chapter 17. Verses 13 through 21. Let me go through these real quick and then we'll end this message for today. So Jesus says, But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. And he's referring to the disciples. I have given them your word, the disciples, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even though, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sakes I sanctify myself, that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. And I really like what John has to say here, because Jesus, through John, um, what Jesus said here, because He's talking to the disciples, but he's saying to God, look, don't stop with just these disciples. Man, I want this to go on to all believers, even the believers who come along, even after I'm long gone and the disciples are long gone and their disciples are long gone and and generation after generation after generation. His word is for all of us through all generations. We just have to receive it. And so, glory to God. If you if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I ask you to receive Him. It's, it's really simple. Like we're talking about here today, repentance from dead works. All it is, repentance, it's just making a decision, a mental decision to change your direction. And you can just let Jesus know, look, Jesus, I love you. I'm making a mental decision. I am changing my direction. I am not going to chase after the world anymore. I want Jesus in my life, and He is who I am going to chase after. 
and I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, glory to God, I do believe that he was on the cross, that he died, he was buried, and he was resurrected. And I choose him as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for him. Glory to God. And it's it, it's simple, guys. You don't have to make it complicated. Just receive him. And that's, that's the beginning. You're just starting out. Glory to God. And we welcome you. We welcome you with open arms. It's going to be a joy and a pleasure to grow and to learn with you. Because I'm ever growing, ever learning. And my pastor, he's ever growing and ever learning. Okay, and and so long as we are on the earth, we are here learning and growing. Now, even when we get to heaven, I do firmly believe we will still be sitting at the feet of Jesus learning and being amazed at what we do learn. And what we we may even look back and laugh at what we thought was was, you know, 100 percent right. And maybe it was only 60 percent right. But but glory to God, we. We're going to continue, and we're going to continue to grow. So we do. We we want to keep our eyes on becoming full sons and daughters. And uh, and after that, answering the call God put on our lives. And so I love you. I hope you enjoyed today. Again, please do visit our website, truepatriotministries.org. Stay tuned in. Subscribe to our podcast. We're on several different podcast um, apps. Apple, Spotify, and there's so many of them. I don't even know all of them. Trust me. Um, but they're there. Plus, there's a link on the website for podcasts. If you don't like to do it through an app, you can go straight to our website and get to the podcast. But uh, I really hope you enjoyed today. It's been a lot of fun. And I look forward to talking to you again uh, next week. Next week, we're going to cover Faith Towards God. We cry out to our Father for mercy for our great nation. Forgive this nation, Lord, and have mercy on us. I cry out, Lord, and ask you to mute the voices of the evil and the wicked, Lord, of the deceivers and of those who are deceived. May our nation continue to stand in your glory and in your favor until the catching away of your church. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen.